But in just a minute, we're going to read some scriptures in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22. But I want to begin reading this morning in the book of Job chapter 36. Job chapter 36. And I want to read the 26th verse. I want you to think about when it rains, it pours. Behold, God is great. Remember, when it rains, it pours, we can still say, God is great. We know him not, neither can the number of his years be searched out. For he maketh small the drops of water, and they pour down rain according to the vapor thereof. Listen to this 28th verse. Which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. Listen to what he's talking about, the abundance of that. And also can any understand the spreading of the clouds or the noise of the tabernacle? Job, if there's ever any person that can say that they understand when it rains, it pours, it's Job. I went back uh, earlier this morning when I, I woke up and I started uh, thinking about a song. And the name of the song is actually in our book. And the name of the song is called Take My Hand, Precious Lord. And I want you to listen to just, it's only two verses. When my way groweth drear, precious Lord, linger near. When it rains, it's poor, right? When you think it's bad, it could get worse. When my life is almost gone, hear my cry, hear my call, hold my hand lest I fall. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. When the shadow appear and the night draweth near and the day is past and gone, at the river I stand, guide my feet, hold my hand. I looked that up and it's written by the man by the name of Thomas Dorsey. Thomas Dorsey, the short story is, he was from Atlanta area, moved to Chicago. He's a preacher's kid, PK. Very well-talented musician, was off in a revival in St. Louis. While he was in revival, at that particular time, he got a telegram that said his wife had died. He hurries home. He's not only sad because his wife had passed away in labor of their first child, but once that he arrives, he was not only sad at the passing of his wife, but he was joyous because he had the birth of a child. When it rains, it pours because... Not long after the mother passed away, the child did too. And he was devastated. And in that devastation, he took out a pen and he wrote down the words of the song that I just read to you. Today, when I say it rains, that sometimes it pours, remember what the very first verse that we read to you in the 26th verse that says, God is great. Folks, when it rains and then it begins to pour, know this, God is still there. I don't know what you faced yesterday, or I may not remember what you faced yesterday, but I know this, none of us know what tomorrow holds, but when you get to a point in time in your life that it seems like that everything is just pouring in your life, remember that 28th verse, which the clouds do drop and distill upon man abundantly. It seems like that we endure one thing in life and then other things begin to happen. 
God's not desiring that we would be a, a people that suffers. Now, we may read about Job in the first chapter in just a minute, but Job was one of those, when it rained, it poured in his life. But, but the moral and the whole idea behind Job that when it rained and it poured in his life, he never got to a point that he would not believe and trust in God. His family, his friends, the people around him, all these things were being taken away from him. He lost his wealth. He lost his health. He lost his sanity. All these things he struggled with, but through all of that, he consistently trusted in God. When it rains and then it pours, and when, when things begin to consistently get worse and worse, and the waters begin to rise, and we begin to go through so many things in our life, can we see today that it's important that God is great and God watches over us? For I want to go back, if you mark the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 22. And I'll give you a side note. If you ever want to sit down and read the book of Psalms chapter 18, almost word for word, this is the same account that David wrote about in the Psalms 18, but it's his account written in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 22. Let's read if we can. I want to follow along with me. 2 Samuel chapter 22. And let's back up or move on down to the 17th verse. When it rains, it pours. But I want to ask you, when it begins to pour, what does God do for you? I want to answer that in the 17th verse. He sent from above. He took me. And he drew me out of many waters. You may not be here and have that testimony, but I want to tell you there's one person here that does. Folks, God delivers in the times of our life when it begins to pour. Would you agree with that? He delivered me from my strong enemy. Oh, when it rains, it pours. <laughs> In other words, it gets overwhelming, don't it? Listen to what David is talking about. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Not only from that, he said, from them that hated me. For they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But the Lord was my stay. They wouldn't leave me alone. It was enough going on in my life, David said. He said, not only do I have to deal with these things, he said, the enemies just kept mounting around me. But you know what God did? God is great, is he not? God is going to bring him out. And folks, God is not a respecter of persons and he will do it for David. Folks, what he did for David, what he's done for me, God will do it for you. If God desires to bring us out of the storms of our life and lead us to a better place, trust in this. God can, he will, and he desires to. Again, I don't know what your storms were yesterday, today or tomorrow, but he said, they prevented me in the day of my calamity. He said, but the Lord was my stay. I love the 20th verse. He said, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. Why? I don't understand this, but he did it. Why? Because he delighted in me. 
This morning I stand before you and say, God, why would you bring me out of the storms in life when we deserve to go through them? Because God wants His presence felt. Take my hand, precious Lord. As we were reading that song, and I was thinking about that song all morning, I thought, Lord, when my way groweth drear, precious Lord, linger near. Folks, when it rains and begins to pour, we don't need to abandon God. God's not going to abandon us. We don't need to abandon God, for He is always there with us. For notice what He said in the 18th verse. He says, they were too strong for me. You know what the difference is? David knew that the enemies were too strong for him, but not too strong for God. I have the utmost confidence this morning in this. That no matter what storms that you go through in life, they may be stronger than you, but they will never be stronger than God. For listen to what he said in the 18th verse. For they were too strong for me. We all have our battles, we all have our struggles, and there has to be a greater source inside of us. How are we going to overcome? How are we going to be able to to be victorious in these things? Listen to what he said. He said, I'll tell you how. Look at the 17th verse there. If we are going to be delivered, our Savior or our Deliverer or the one that's going to take care of our problems is not going to come from those that are around us. It's going to come from above. Do you believe, I'm going to pause right here. Do you believe that you can have a heavenly experience, and I'm pointing above. Do you believe that you can have a heavenly experience while you're on this earth below? Absolutely, folks. Jesus left heaven, and the scripture says he came down. Jesus left heaven. And why did Jesus leave heaven? I'll tell you why. Because we were in a place that we couldn't get out of. The storms of life had encompassed us before we even knew it, folks. We were drowning in sin and we needed a Savior. You may think you're a good person, but the truth is, even the best of mankind today still needs Jesus. We all have that need of being brought out and delivered. And the the, the place that David got to was he realized he was so low, so deep on his life, that he needed God. So in that 17th verse, he sent from above. John 3 and 3 says this, except man be born again. And notice what he says. He said, born from where? Born from above. The Bible teaches us that for God so loved the world. Same chapter. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Folks, if it were not for heaven coming down to this earth, we would all be drowning in sin. We would all be drowning in sorrow. We would all be drowning in misery and torture and pain and uneasiness in so many facets of our life. But thanks be unto God that all of those things are different because listen to what David said. He was sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. How deep does sin get? Well, that's a pretty interesting question, isn't it? It gets pretty deep. I won't agree with that. It gets, I won't say that a little bit. It gets real deep. And all of a sudden we find ourselves not just going through a a dirt road, but we're mired up in the mud. And all of a sudden we catch ourselves in no longer just muddy ground, but we find ourselves in not just shallow water, but we're in deep water and we're in trouble and we need help. Notice what he said, that that, that there was this (coughs) deep mire, I believe the psalmist said in the 69th chapter, the deep mire that we're in. And I believe David even referred to it as he was in this horrible pit. He was in a bad place in his life. I don't want to ask you to tell me everything. You feel free to do that. 
But has anybody here ever been in a bad place? And I don't mean bad as far as illegal. I'm talking about a bad place where you're hurting and you want out. Has anybody here ever been to a place in your life where you needed God to bring you out of it? And you know what God did? He's a deliverer. Folks, there's one testimony I'm going to give to you this morning. God is a deliverer. God's a deliverer. Not just a deliverer from saved, lost people being saved. He's a deliverer from the sick to the, to the healthy again. He's a deliverer from those that, that, that go through so many things. God is a deliverer. If you're here this morning and you need to hear that message, I'm going to tell you that God is a deliverer. For notice what he said, that, that, that he, he brought, he sent from above. I'll read that one more time. He sent from above. He took me and drew me out of many waters. Folks, this is a very personal relationship that David's going to experience with God. You see what? God's not going to just bring the person beside you out. God desires to bring you out. God wants you to have that experience in your life. God knows that when it rains, uh, that it begins to pour. And God knows that we all have that need in our life. For he said, he brought me out. He drew me out of many waters. You know what? God does not intend to put us in things or afflictions or miseries or uneasiness. The scriptures reveal that God desires to do what? To bring us out. Folks, today the trials and the tribulations that you and I go through in this life, God does not glory in the fact that we're in those. He glories in the fact that we surrender to Him, that He will bring us out. Oh, and does He not only bring us out, but in the glorious resurrection of His Son Jesus, can He take a sinner and resurrect them to where their soul is no longer dead, but it's alive again. Have you ever experienced that? How many of you this morning can say, I remember a time in my life when I was in sin and I was separated from God and I was in a place and he said, he took me. He brought me out of many waters. He brings us out of the darkness and he brings us into the light of the glorious son, Jesus Christ. In this kingdom, God is able to do that. And I'll tell you this, do you believe that that a man or a person, I should say, mankind, do you believe that mankind can get in a place that God cannot draw them out? And before you can answer, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. There's not a place that you can go that God cannot bring you out of. David talked about he was in a horrible pit. Very, very pits of hell, he said. But God would lift him up and he would set him on a a solid rock and he established his goings. Today, I don't know if you need to be drawn out. Maybe you're drowning. Maybe your life is just engulfing you and you're drowning and you're drowning and you're drowning. Listen to what he said. He drew me out of many waters. Why did he do that? Let's skip down to that 20th verse. Because he delighted. Listen to what he says in the 21st. He brought me on a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Folks, that's what love will do. Not tell you that I'm going to leave you here because you deserve this or this is what, this is what happens because of sin. God said, I want to bring you out of that. But listen to that 21st one more time. He brought me forth into a large place. Anybody here today claustrophobic? I don't know, if you've ever been to MRI machines, some people get in elevators and sometimes they just kind of get in claustrophobic areas. They're, they just seem like they, think they can't breathe. Can I read you a few verses in Psalm 4 for just a second? <coughs> How many of you can remember what it's like in that claustrophobic 
area, time in your life where God needed to bring you out. Psalm 4 said this. <clears throat> Again, David. Hear me when I call, O God, of my righteousness. Thou hast enlarged me when I was in distress. Folks, do you believe God's a deliverer and a changer? Well, I do. You enlarged me when I was in distress. So what does David teach us? What does Job teach us? What do the many people in the Bible teach us? When you are in distress, call on God. Have mercy upon me and hear my prayers. Oh, you sons of men, how long will you turn my glory into shame? How long will you love vanity and uh, seek after leasing Salah? But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call him. Stand in all and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Salah. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness and put your trust in the Lord. There be many that say, well, who, shall show us, who will show us any good? Lord, lift thou up the light of thy countenance. Thou hast put gladness in my heart more than in the time that their corn and their wine increase. I will both lay me down. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For the Lord only maketh me dwell in safety. Today, folks, God will bring you out. If you're in a tight place and you're in a, a, a place that you're conformed and you feel like that, that, that you are not able to, to move or that, that you feel like you're just suffering, does anybody here understand or, or can relate to the fact that you just feel like you're just suffocating from the things of the world and the wickedness of the world? Listen to what David is teaching us here. He said, God can bring you out. Second Samuel 22nd chapter in that 19th verse, they prevented me. Go back and read all that David had been going through. He had a lot going on in his life. You and I today, when we say that it rains and it pours, that, 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 that David really experienced that in his life. Not only was he having to deal with so many things, but he had Saul chasing him, trying to take his, his own life. Matter of fact, David's the one that said, there is but a step between me and death. Kind of drowns you out when you realize that death is that close. Can I ask you something? How close is death to you and me today? It's a whole lot closer than we can imagine. But here's the magical thing. You do not know. Maybe you're living in a time where you're drowning because you're afraid of, is this the day? Is this the day the Lord's going to take me out of this world? Folks, the cemeteries are filled full of all ages of people that leave this life. Is this the day? Do you have fear? God does not want you to live in fear. He wants to bring you out of that fear. For he says, they prevented me. Saul had a lot of enemies. He had some supporters, but he had enemies. You know what? I, the church today, I've learned that. The church has enemies. Jesus had enemies. You and I today, we're going to have enemies. And you want to say, kick me while I'm down? Listen to what he's talking about that ninth verse. They prevented me in the day of my calamity. Instead of them picking me up and helping me along, he said, it just caused more problems in my life. When it rains, it pours, don't it? You just feel like that you're drowning and you, just, you need to be brought out of that. For he said, they prevented me in the day of my calamity. You know what it means to be prevented? They confronted and they attacked. 
Let me word that a little bit different. That's the, that's the Hebrew language. The real language that you and I can probably understand, I didn't ask for any of this. How many times in our life if we wanted to stand up and say, God, I didn't ask for this. But you know what God's going to tell us? I'm going to bring you out of this. I want to deliver you out of the situation that you're in. God did not, we didn't ask to be sinners. We were conceived in the womb of our mothers in sin. We could not help that. But God, instead of saying, this is what you deserve, this is what you get, it's that grace that He wants to pick us up and lift us up out of that, that God says that I want to deliver you from, uh, from the, the, the enormous amount of things that you're facing in your life. He said, I want to deliver you. He said, they prevented me in the day of my calamity. <coughs> For David, it just seems like he got over one thing and there come another. We use the, the, the cliche or kind of the saying, sometimes some things are just cursed, snake-bitten. just seems like bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happens. There's some people we just say, man, you're just one lucky fellow or person or whatever you want to call them. The truth is we're all sinners and we all have a need of a Savior. It's not about our luck. It's not about our fortune. It's not about what good's happened in our life. It's not about so much the bad that's happened in our life. It's the reality of, folks, we are a sinful people that our nature rebels against God and we need Jesus. But people don't think that they need Him or that they, that they can live above sin. We cannot live above sin. We cannot. It's not, not something we have the capabilities to do. You may think that you can, but you cannot. And when we fall short of living the righteous life that we would desire to have, we realize that we need a holy and righteous one. And that's Jesus, folks. Without Jesus, we are all sinking and swimming in sin. And we are drowning. But God said, don't worry about the state you're in. He sent from above. He took me. He drew me out of many waters. Listen to what he said in this 19th verse. But he said, they prevented me in the day of my Calamity. But here's what I, I love this portion of the verse. But he brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Folks, God desires to deliver us. God desires to be a stay for us in our life that we might be able to overcome the things that you and I face in our life. I'm going to close this morning in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I didn't tell you to mark that, but I want to turn over and read for just a second. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is going to talk about the trials and the drownings that we go through in life. But here's what I love about Paul. He's not going to make your problems and your trials seem petty. He's going to put them in perspective. Notice that this morning. It's not that our trials are petty. He said, put them in the perspective of eternity. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Methuselah, 969 years old. How old or how long is that compared to eternity? If you was to go down to the beach and you was to get one grain of sand, nobody in the world is ever going to know that, are they? 
That's not even the beginning to think of what 969 years is to compare to eternity. That's not even the beginning, folks. 969 years is nothing compared to eternity. Yes, we may hurt. Yes, we may miss. Yes, we may have ailments. Yes, we may have our shortcomings in life. But compare that to eternity. Listen to what Paul said. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Paul puts everything in perspective, not just of the day and time he lives. He said, yeah, there's some people, their whole life is cursed or snake-bitten or troubled, whatever it is, their whole life. But you know what? Their life is nothing compared to eternity. Paul said, don't look at it at the here and the now. He said, put it in perspective to eternity. He said, our light affliction, which is but for a moment. That sounds like somebody that's been living their life and having everything glamorous, isn't it? Paul was shipwrecked. He was imprisoned, bitten by a snake. This doesn't sound like a person that's had everything glamorous and glorious and went through no trials. Paul understood trials. He just understood trials in perspective. When it rains, it pours. But can I tell you something? That is not eternal. Going to hell is eternal. Going to heaven is eternal. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. Aren't you glad today that for every one of us that are children of God that we can say, no matter what may befall us here in this life, that there's a better day coming, that what, that we, we, what our light affliction is, it is but for a moment. <clears throat> it's only for a moment when you compare it to eternity. And notice what he's talking about. He said, he said, it worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What he's saying is, what you have now is going to be traded for something else. Folks, this is where it gets good. Your trials, your heaviness, the temptations that you and I go through, the hurting, the anguish, all of these things. How glorious would it be that we just left those things behind? But listen to what he said. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He said, you're going to trade it for something that's totally on the other end of the spectrum. But you know what? If you're here and you've never been saved and you're lost, it's the same with you. No matter how, how bad you may think it is, that's still going to be glorious compared to what's going to happen when you go to hell. For he said, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. He said, these things are not trivial. He said, but he, he made light of them. How long are these things going to last? He said, they're only for a moment. Compared to what? Compared to eternal. What did these pains and sufferings that Paul went through? He said, they, they, they caused him affliction. But he said what he's going to experience one day is glorious. I want to go back for just a minute if I can to the book of 2 Samuel. Job said when God controls the rain. God controls all of these things. He said that when it rains it pours. Remember what Job said in the very first verse we read that God is great. For again, 2 Samuel 22 and 17 said, He sent me from above. 
He took me and he drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Today, I want to ask you a simple question. Do you have something that you need to bring to God? There is no greater time, there is no greater place than right here, right now. And just surrender to God and he'll take it away. God bless you this morning. Those are the scriptures I had. I want us to get a song if we could.